I'm Winston Wolf, and you're listening to Hive Drive, a podcast where I talk about everything related to Hive as I drive down the interstate. In my full-time job, I spend a lot of time driving, sometimes upwards of a thousand miles a week, and this gives me a lot of time to be able to discuss pretty much all the posts that I see on Hive.blog that stick out to me. So buckle up and join me on today's episode. Today is Sunday, August 21st, 2022. So this is technically the second episode, although the last thing I posted was more of just kind of a, just a simple recording saying, I want to do something. Well, that's what this is. I've kind of put my head into it and I've figured out a bit of a structure. So this is really the, the first bona fide episode of Hive Drive. Now, having said that, I'm actually going to kind of make this a bit of a shorter episode than what I will most likely typically post. Um, I'm expecting my episodes to not be more than about 10 to 15 minutes. You know, I want to keep it kind of in short bite-sized episodes just so that it's easier to digest and you're not, you know, bombarded with an hour-long episode. But today I'm going to do even shorter than that. So I'm expecting to normally have at least five posts that I've seen on the platform that stick out to me that I'm able to connect with. And I'll talk about them. You know, I might add some thoughts of my own, things like that. But today, I've only picked three. This is sort of an episode to test the waters, just to see what you guys think and see if this is something that you can come back to in future episodes. So for now, I don't see myself doing more than one episode per week. 15 minutes, once a week, perfectly doable, in my opinion. But if I find that I'm able to do more than that in a week, then maybe I will. You know, I'm noticing uh, just from planning this episode after just waking up this morning, I was able to get three posts that I could talk about during the episode. If I spent a couple of days planning, I could probably double that. You know, and that means I would be able to showcase more content that I'm seeing people post on the platform. I've even had the thought of maybe even doing interviews down the line. Because I got to tell you, while I do consider myself to be kind of a techie person, that techiness is more related to devices that existed in the 90s and in the early 2000s. But as soon as you start talking about programming and coding and things like that, that's when you start getting above my head and I become the dumb guy. And that's when I need to bring in a smart guy. And I love that platform of podcasts when you've got two people talking, one of them is an expert and the other one is a novice, and you've got the expert teaching the novice, and that way all the listeners who might actually have more in common with the novice will also be able to more easily understand the topic. And with that in mind, I found that to be a great opportunity for me then. It felt like there was a need that I could fill after having listened to some of the other terrific podcasts that are on this platform. Because I am not as experienced in those particular areas, listening to those podcasts, honestly, guys, it just kind of puts me to sleep because I don't know what you're talking about. And that's 
not an insult to you in any way, shape, or form. That is a result of my own shortcomings. And so I thought, surely I'm not the only one. Surely there are other people here on this platform who are getting by just fine posting and uh, earning with the content that they post, but unable to contribute in any other way because, like me, they might not understand the intricacies of the wiring behind the board of Hive and all of its related dApps. So, if you're like me and you need things simplified, then this podcast is for you. And I highly recommend hitting that upvote button, giving me a follow, and keeping an eye out for future episodes. You can find me at just about any of your favorite Hive-related dApps as at Winston Wolf. So, let's begin. Like I said, I picked three posts that stuck out to me. And to be honest with you, I don't really have any sort of, you know, guidelines that I follow to pick out the posts that stick out to me. I just sort of read through the headlines, scrolling through the different categories of, you know, trending, new, hot. And I just wait to see something that just strikes me as something I might want to take a deeper look at. And one post that stuck out to me was one by a user, and I got to be honest with you, I'm not completely sure how to pronounce this username. And uh, this one could go one of two ways. It's either Dalton O or Daltano. And that's spelled D-A-L-T-O-N-O. And he's got a thread called, I created my most popular Reddit post ever and didn't earn a single cent from it. Now the meme that he created, it, it was actually pretty funny. I'm not much of a gamer myself, but this is totally a gamer meme. And uh, he's sitting in his car wearing a PlayStation shirt and he's got a PlayStation bandana pulled over his eyes. And the caption says, how it feels coming back to a game after putting it down for months. And I, I find this interesting in a couple of different ways. Number one, the meme is entertaining in and of itself, but what he's highlighting is bigger than that. He said he got over 500 upvotes and over 100 comments. He said he was pretty impressed, and uh, there were nearly 40,000 views in just two days. Not bad for a meme, he says. But what he's doing is he's highlighting some of the differences between Web 2.0 and Web 3.0. Now, of course, Web 2 is more popular at the moment because it's predominantly where the state of things is right now. But Reddit, of course, is not the place that's going to compensate you for contributing. Platforms like Reddit, Imager, TikTok, Facebook, those are all essentially, you know, for back padding. You know what I mean? Got to get those likes, got to get that dopamine hit. Now, granted, most of the people I personally know, you know, friends and family, they're pretty much all on Facebook. And I think that might be the case for most people who are on Facebook. If you're like me, then that's kind of the whole reason you still have a Facebook in the first place is so, you know, you can keep in touch with the people who are closest to you, you know? And so for me, that's, that's the reason why I sometimes default back to Facebook. That's just where my people are. But of course, you know, that doesn't take away from the fact that the Hive community is full of people worth getting to know. So for me, this ultimately comes down to something that I said during the first episode of the Steam It Talk podcast about six years ago. And that was come for the rewards and stay for the community. All right. So this next post is from a user who calls himself Complexity, but that's spelled without any vowels. So that's actually spelled C-M-P-L-X-T-Y. And he's got a post called 2022 
hive power goal met. Now, some of the key points of this post was that they met their lowest goal of hive power for the year, which was 22,000. That's, that's impressive. Now, they said this is the stopgap goal, which was the lowest achievable goal they had set for themselves for the year. This is what they were aiming to do. Above that, the next goal is what they're calling their ideal goal, which within the 12 months hitting 25,000. And then, of course, they said they've got a dream goal that goes even further than that. And they said that they would possibly get a chance at reaching that goal with the right posts and the, you know, good curation and some good moves on uh, other apps such as Splinterland. So what that tells me creeping up on September here is that they actually have a little over four months left to achieve whatever goals left that they can. And, you know, frankly, I was pretty impressed by this. I wish I'd been able to earn that much throughout just this year so far. I mean, we're only nearly eight completed months into the year here. And for me to have had, you know, that kind of luck would have required an unbelievable amount of involvement that I have come nowhere near touching this year. So, you know, that's why I picked that thread. I thought that was incredibly impressive. So why don't you go and give that Hiver some love and help them get a little closer to that goal. Now for me, the biggest takeaway from this, and this was probably the biggest reason why I chose this thread. It wasn't necessarily that they are hitting those goals, which is impressive in and of itself. But for me, it was the goal setting method. You know, you start off with an easy, low-level goal to hit first, and that kind of gets your motivation going. And then you've got a nice mid-level goal that you know you'll probably most likely hit with a median amount of effort. And then you top that off with a high-level sort of blow-it-out-of-the-water goal that might be achievable with a high level of effort, which, like I said, this person said they'd be possibly be able to hit with some lucky posts that have some good curation and some good moves in something like, they said, Splinterland. So with that particular type of goal-setting method with that sort of three-tier system there, to me this seems like a good way of gauging the year's performance so that you might be able to sort of paint a picture as to what you can expect in the next year. Assuming, of course, you put in the same effort and, uh, you know, you push through the year the same way you did this year. The goal, of course, in that case would always be to outperform the previous year if you can. You know, you might have to change some variables from year to year to see what works. You know, and if you decided to up the ante and add some other ways of earning and thereby changing the variables, in my mind, that would then lead to adjusting the year's goals to account for it and potentially resulting in a more successful year. So again, good work, complexity, and I wish you luck with the remaining goals for this year and perhaps a more successful year next year. Okay, and now this next post is, this is going to be the last one for this very first episode, and I figured this would be a good one to end it on. So we have user, and I'm, again, going to try my best to pronounce this correctly. I may not. Sam Gisset, or perhaps Gisset. It's S-A-M-G-I-S-E-T. And they've got a post here titled, Today I Paid at the Supermarket with Cryptocurrencies. And of course, this and the previous two posts that I spoke about are going to be linked in the show notes that you'll be able to find in the Hive post that'll go along with this podcast. But she said she lives in a Venezuelan city where she says that she tries to experiment with cryptocurrencies as much as she can, such as uh, at restaurants and uh, when buying electronics, things like that. 
but grocery shopping in general is not very common as far as with crypto but she's got a friend who has a, a new store i guess it's uh, kind of what that looks like there a new establishment she says that asked her to come in and try out the new system to make you know her first supermarket purchases using crypto now this is not a, yet available to the public so this is sort of like i don't know she's their beta tester that sounds pretty cool and it looks like, according to her pictures that she's got in that post there, she paid $27.99 in USDT, so Tether. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I'm kind of jealous of that. Now, granted, I can't really see everything that she bought, so I don't know what the total came to for all of the different items and whatnot. But, you know, it's been a long time since I've been able to go to a grocery store and pay $28 for all the things that I bring to the register. That doesn't happen very often. You know, groceries at my house some, sometimes go between $150 and $200. You know, maybe that wasn't what they were doing there. They might not have been doing a full grocery trip. But, you know, I do see a, a basket full of stuff, you know. I assume that amount of stuff could probably come to $28 here or thereabouts. So, sure, why not? But this is something that I hope to see more of. You know, I remember thinking that we would see more of this stuff, you know, when we were doing this back in 2016. Because, you know, there seemed to be more and more of these types of systems for crypto popping up, but none of them really took hold. Or, you know, at least not one that was a viable option to, you know, be applied to something like a supermarket. Now, there was one commenter under that post who said he was generally not very impressed with Tether. And he was asking if he could see or if she could see the uh, transaction fee for that. And I'm interested in seeing this as well, because in the U.S. here, of course, when you buy groceries, that transaction would be on top of whatever taxes we have to pay, too. So depending on how that adds up would determine, you know, my excitement level for it. If it's too much, like, you know, we've seen some transaction fees to be among certain cryptos, then again, it might not yet be a viable option, except for those who don't really have anything else. Fewer people are wanting to carry cash. Fewer people are wanting to have money tied to banking institutions. And those people would love to see systems in places like this so that they can use their currency as freely and openly as anybody else. But nevertheless, she wraps up her post by saying that she's glad to see crypto being adopted in her city and used more widely there and uh, looking forward to the possibility of using Hive for future purchases. That would be super cool. I believe I agree with that as well. Now, if you enjoyed the content that I've presented to you during this episode, again, I know it's only three posts this time around, but in the future, I'm really hoping to dig around and find a lot of content that is really sticking out to me and maybe not quite getting the love that it deserves. That's, you know, again, another reason why I wanted to start doing this, bring attention to the good content that we've got here that just doesn't seem to be getting the number of eyes looking at it that it should. But yeah, this was fun. I actually hope to do a lot more of these. Coming from when we were doing Steam at Talk podcast, we'd all get together at our friend's apartment. We'd have the big microphones around the table and, <laughs> you know, we'd talk for three and a half or four hours some weeks. But I think there's something to be said for brevity because when these episodes start getting too long, in my opinion, that's when you start losing people because you're asking too much of their attention. And I don't want to do that. That's why I want to keep these episodes between 10 and 15 minutes. So they're kind of 
commute length, if you will. Short and sweet episodes that are nice bite-sized lengths, easy to digest. To me, that's where it's at. And of course, like I said earlier, if we get to a point where I can start doing interviews, I'll be more than happy to start doing those. I kind of can't wait because I'm certainly not an expert in all of the different facets of Hive, and that's when I need to call those guys in to come and explain things for us. (laughs) Well, at least certainly for me. And hey, if you're curious about some of these topics like I am, well, this gives you an opportunity to hop in, buckle up, and we'll learn all this stuff together. But in the meantime, I feel like this is a good place to leave this episode. Yeah, kind of wrap it up right here. I appreciate everybody who's listened thus far. Hopefully this is the kind of format that jives with you and that you would be more than happy to listen to. If so, like I said, please give me that upvote and give me that follow and keep your eyes open for future episodes, okay? Everybody have a good week and we'll see you at the next one.